Have you been avoiding the dentist because you think the next visit will snowball into a mountain of bills? Do you have reoccurring copays or prescriptions that seem to eat up your allowance? Do you have a costly procedure or quality of life enhancing expenditure like braces on the horizon? Are you giving away your whole paycheck to daycare? And do you want to stretch your dollars out to take care of your health and wellness? If any of these describe you, then this podcast will help you out. In this episode of the It's Wellness Time podcast, I sit down with Davis Flex Spending Solutions' Doreen Fitzgerald. Flex Spending is a benefit supplied by SLV Health that allows employees to put aside monies tax-free to be used on health-independent care needs. It can sound too good to be true. There are some rules, but there are lots of folks saving money by taking advantage of this benefit. I myself have used this benefit in the emergency room, child care, dental care, vision, and many other health services. I'm your host, AJ Webb, wellness coordinator and wellness enthusiast. Let's go. The It's Wellness Time podcast has had over 400 plays, and I'd love to take credit for it, but they only give me one play apiece when I listen. You get the credit, the listeners, the folks that are sharing, the folks that are subscribing, the folks that are reviewing this podcast. Thank you so much for all the plays. We look forward to many, many more. Doreen Fitzgerald, thank you so much for joining me um, to talk about flex spending accounts. Can you give me an introduction of yourself and the company that you, uh, that you work for? Sure. So the company that I work for is Davis Flex Spending Solutions. We've been around for about seven years now doing the flexible spending accounts and the dependent care assistance plan, which your organization uses. Mm -hmm. And not only the organization, I am a big user of, uh, of the flex spending. I got two small children and and I, uh, you know, I've had some dental work and, you know, with small children comes copays and, and tubes for your ears. And I found this program to be very valuable for my family for a variety of reasons. It helps me with planning, but it also helps me save money so that I have funds available to take care of myself and my family. And I got some questions for you about this process because I know it could feel a little scary for some folks, but I don't think it has to be that scary. So we'll unpack that information. But Doreen, can you just tell me a little bit more about yourself? Have you been with Davis uh, the whole time? I have been with Davis the whole time for the seven years. And prior to that was with FlexWise, which was the TPA that did your organization's uh, flex plans prior to that point. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to admit to how many years I've done this because <laughs> it's been quite a few, but uh, I'm hoping that I'm a familiar name to a lot of the people at San Luis Valley Health. Well, I'll take quite a few. And that makes me, um, again, that's just another thing that makes me feel good about this process. Um, you know, for my own story, I remember enrolling in not your program, um, but a program where I was employed in 2010, and I just kind of signed some stuff, and I thought, oh, okay, that's a good idea, and didn't quite take full ad advantage of it. There were some things I probably could have submitted in, but you know, 
It really would have been nice for me to have a Doreen in my life back then. It would have been nice for me to be thinking about it a little bit different, but I'm hoping that folks will recognize your name and know that Davis Flex Spending is committed to helping folks out if they got questions and that if there's some kind of a complication, a hiccup, a snag, or just a question, there's a Doreen there to help them out. Absolutely. Please, please give us a ring. Outstanding. And so let's go in. I have, um, so I kind of just reflected on my own experience of really liking to use the Flex account to take care of myself, take care of my family. And let's, uh, let's go through some of these questions that I think could be on some people's minds, especially as SLV Health is getting close to open enrollment time. So and I know it's changed a little bit over time, but I've got a question here. How much money can we elect to put into our flex spending account, Doreen? Sure. So for 2020, the maximum is $2,750. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the IRS is the, the, the government entity that determines that amount. We do not have 2021 maximums yet, but if history repeats itself, it'll probably go up $50 for next year, which would put us at $2,800. Okay, super, super. Now, I'm familiar with the plan. So when you say that we can, we can put away $2,800 into our flex spending account, that means that we can have throughout a year $2,800 of our uh, paycheck put into a flex spending account with no taxes taken out. Is that correct? That is correct. So your taxable income would be reduced by the amount that you elect. And so okay. you're not paying any taxes on those funds. I got you. So ooh, anything that you know is affecting the bottom line of my paycheck can be a bummer to take a look at and maybe not feel so good at first, but this is what I've seen to be the kicker, Doreen, is if I was gonna spend $2,800 on my healthcare without a flex spending account, I was probably gonna have to earn close to $4,000. Um, is, is that assessment pretty close? I would, without using the flex benefit, I would have to earn a lot more money pay taxes on it, and then spend that money on the healthcare things that I need. Is that about right? That's pretty accurate. So okay. the, the idea is, depending on your tax bracket, it does mm -hmm. lower your taxable income for those known expenses. Now, you don't want to put $2,800 into an account that you would never use. Okay. But of course, you if you know for sure, I've got orthodontia. I'm getting laser mm -hmm. surgery on my eyes. Something along those lines. Yes, you're you're going to save twenty to forty percent on th those funds by mm -hmm. putting it through a flex plan. And that is that is super. And you know, I kind of gave a complicated scenario there, but basically, I can earn a hundred bucks from SLV Health. And I can have it put into a flex spending account and I can spend that whole hundred bucks or I would have to earn 130 bucks, 140 bucks, pay taxes on that and then spend it on my health. So I'm getting more bang for my buck. I'm almost acting like a business where I get to write off this 
little healthcare expense or maybe big healthcare expense if it is the LASIK surgery or the orthodontia. I kind of get to write it off. We're not, I'm not writing it off, but I don't have to uh, suffer the tax penalty on it. Yep, so you're not paying taxes on those funds. And the other nice part about the plan is from day one of the election or the date you're effective, so if we're talking the new plan year, January 1st, the entire amount is available for your use on day one. So if you were to elect $2,800 and you had a date of service, that you incurred that expense in 2021, you could receive the full $2,800. And it's really important that you know it goes by date of service, mm -hmm. not date of billing. Okay. And the other nice part is you don't have to pay for the expense prior to be being reimbursed. Mm. So if you have, let's say, LASIK surgery or you get a crown done and mm. your provider waits to bill you for that amount, you can submit a statement of service, mm -hmm. receive the reimbursement, or use your debit card, and then pay the provider. So it's also nice in that sense that it's not coming out of your own pocket first, mm -hmm. you come out of the plan first. That Well, and sooner than having to wait like a whole year and slowly trickle in money as if it were a savings account. So I'll use one of my experiences that I had recently using the program. I'll just pretend it's going to be in the future. So if I have a tooth that's bothering me, my dentist and I have been hemming and hawing on whether or not I want to put a crown on it, I could say that crown is going to cost me 600 bucks as far as my portion after insurance. I could say, hello, flex spending. I'd like to put 600 bucks away during open enrollment and then open enrollment comes and goes the first of the year comes and goes and i would have 600 bucks in my flex spending account and in january i could go get rid of that nagging that awful tooth pain and it's not going to come out of all of my paycheck i'm not going to have to front all of that cash money in fact that money will be there for me to get that quality of life change in service done. Am I understanding this correctly? You are, yes. That is a big deal, um, especially when it comes to tooth stuff. It can be expensive and it almost seems like a punishment sometimes to go to the dentist if you got something that's like, ah, I don't want to go in there because they're going to make me do this thing and it's going to cost more money. So it's like this snowball effect. But if you got something on the horizon that you can predict, you can use this program, save yourself some money, have the funds available so that you can get your health, whatever it is, done. And I tell you what, I got that crown put on, Doreen, and I am a happier camper for it. Sure. I understand. Yeah, it's a great plan for those known expenses. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's this little thing called uncertainty that we have in our health and healthcare, and some of us are blessed, and every once in a while, a a tragedy or an accident or something can happen. Um, but I think that if we can maybe look at some of our past expenditure, I'll, I'll just use myself as an example. So I got myself, I got my wife, and I got two small kids. If I'm guessing that each one of 
each one of them, each one of my children are going to need, you know, four doctor's visits. Um, I can put a little bit, you know, maybe 500 bucks away for a rainy day. I'm going to use a couple doctor visits. I can start calculating what I think my co-pays are and have a little bit of rainy day fund and have some copay money and some prescription for my son's earache and stuff like that. I can look at my past medical expenses and I could come up with some kind of a guess about what I'm going to be using in the, the future. Now, you don't have to tell me that's a good idea or a bad idea, Doreen, but is that a decent strategy, you think? Yes, I do. I think that's a perfect strategy, especially if it's your first time doing a flexible spending account. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to look at what your known expenses are for the future. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about those, um, those expenses, right? So it, just now I talked about a crown and I talked about a copay and some prescription medication. Can you give us some ideas about what, or maybe if there's a link, I'm sure there's a nice list of stuff that's available or the stuff that fits the criteria of an expense that could be used with the card or to be reimbursed or as a, as a, um, as a, as a service. What can folks expect to use this money on, Doreen? Sure. So the big one is the routine things that we have. Routine mm -hmm. would be if you know you have a prescription that you fill every month, mm -hmm. that's a perfect example. That copay that you pay for that prescription, you can get it reduced from your taxable income by using this plan. So it would be copays, coinsurance, deductible, dental expenses that are not cosmetic, vision expenses. So if you're buying contact lenses every month or you do a six-month supply, that would be reimbursable. Things along the lines of hearing aids and hearing aid batteries, um, over-the-counter medication. And right now, over-the-counter medication does not require a prescription. That may change in the future, but that particular item, if you go and you buy aspirin or you buy um, it's something for a cold, those items would be reimbursable. Mm -hmm. in, in, just recently, there was a change through the CARES Act that allows for um, feminine products that are now in perpetuity reimbursable for, mm -hmm. so for your wife or for any um, person who's on the plan who has to go out and buy those feminine products. Those are now reimbursable under your FSA, and as a woman, I can tell you, they can get pretty expensive, so it would be nice to be able to offset that by just putting this card down and mm -hmm. being able to use it to pay for those type of items. Awesome. So that sounds like a lot of useful, uh, a variety of useful health-related items, and I've even seen on Amazon.com that they have a flex spending eligible section where you can put a filter on so that was a pretty nifty thing but there's also a store that we can buy some stuff through too is that correct that is correct so in addition to that filter through amazon so if you just put in the search engine fsa eligible it actually brings up a whole new site where everything on that piece is for FSA or HSA uh -huh. eligible expenses, 
There's also a store called fsastore.com. And I usually tell people who towards the end of the year may need to find a few expenses that they have to spend their account down to go to those sites. You don't necessarily have to buy through them, but they're a great resource in telling you some of the items you might not have thought about so that the Amazon store actually has a um, something that you can select that says things I might not have thought about that are re reimbursable under the FSA, which I thought was a great little tab to use because there are things out there people might not take into consideration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, as far as the variety of stuff, another made-up situation, I'm doing something at my house and I end up getting hurt. And then I have to go into, let's say, urgent care. I'm able to pay my copay with my FSA. And let's imagine the doctor says, I'm going to give you a prescription for this, but you're also going to want to get an over the counter medication here. And then we're going to have a brace for you. And you're going to want to pick up some band aids and some gauze. All of those things will be covered. They are, yes. So the FSA would, those would be eligible expenses under the flexible spending account. Outstanding. Um, now, let's imagine, Maureen, that my family have had a blessed year of health. We've had minimal, um, we've had minimal sniffles. We've had minimal accidents and uh, boo-boos and things like that. And we've gotten the things that we need as far as our maybe our glasses and things, but we've got some money left over. Now, a long time ago, and I think some people still think that this might happen, a long time ago, it was a use it or lose it kind of a situation, which is not the situation anymore. What should we think about as far as money that's able to roll over from year to year? Sure, so at this particular time for 2020, going into 2021, there was another law recently passed that ha has increased that amount from $500 to $550. Okay. And in addition to that, there's going to be a cost of living adjustment every year from now on. So if you only put in $500 or $550 in that flexible spending account, you know you will never lose it because mm -hmm. 100% of that would roll into the next year if you weren't to use it at all. So if you had a really great year, no need for medical, dental, or vision expenses, the full amount would roll into the new year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a, that's a good situation. So that way I can look at the end of the year and figure out, okay, I got 600 bucks in there. I'm going to do 50 bucks on the online store as a spend down. And that way I'll still have money available for the next year. So there's an amount that rolls over no matter what. That is correct. So anything up to that maximum, again, it's going to be an indexed IRS amount from here on out, but it, mm -hmm. it's $550 for 2021. Mm -hmm. So if you had $10 left in there, that $10 will roll over into the new plan year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Perfect. So this is, this is a good situation. Um, now, you get to use the flex spending card, and uh, I'm a prime example here. You might even call me a problem child if I wasn't on the phone here, Doreen. And what I mean by that is, is um, 
when you use your card, you'll be asked for some verification. And what that verification is, is that you receive the service. Is that correct? Yes, the dreaded substantiation letter. Substantiation, so, that's a good term. Substantiation, yeah. Uh -huh. So if you use your debit card for something other than a copay, mm -hmm. for and if you use it for dental or vision expenses, you will mm -hmm. always get a letter. Now, mm -hmm. there are some providers out there, so the big box stores, Mm -hmm. For instance, Walmart, Walgreens, City Market, if you use that card there, you won't be required to send substantiation. Oh. But if you go, yeah, so, but if you go to, let's say, America's Best or mm -hmm. something along those lines and you get glasses or you see the local dentist, unfortunately, the card will kick out a letter that says, hey, we need verification mm -hmm. that shows when you receive these expenses and what. And that is an IRS regulation. So mm -hmm. it's not your employer and it's not Davis Flex Spending Solutions being intrusive. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. we do have to abide by those IRS regulations. And so what we're looking for is a statement of service showing when you saw that provider, what you had done, and the amount that that, that was charged. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the perfect example is chiropractic service mm -hmm. at St. Louis Valley Health. And unfortunately, it doesn't fall within that $40 copay range. It's usually about $36. So mm -hmm. the system will say, hey, $36 isn't on our list of copays. Mm -hmm. We need to see a statement of service. Mm. And so you will supply that statement of service showing what you had done and when you had had it done. Mm -hmm. And um, there are different ways to submit that. So mm -hmm. the easiest way is with the mobile app. And mm -hmm. all you have to do with that mobile app is take a picture of that statement of service. It uploads directly into our system. We substantiate it. And sometimes for a lot of employees, they do it prior to even receiving the letter, and they never receive a letter. It's taken mm -hmm. care of before the letter goes out. So it, it can work well, but mm -hmm. for those that do, do receive the letter, they know that they have a time frame. There's mm -hmm. going to be a deadline on the letter. So the expenses, the substantiation needs to be submitted by that deadline. If it's not, we send a second letter out that says, hey, little warning here, you've got 30 days to get this in, and if you don't, then unfortunately your card may be suspended. Mm -hmm. Then we'll send a third or fourth letter out depending upon where you are in that sequence, and that final letter says, I'm really sorry, we didn't get your substantiation in on time, your debit card has now been suspended, but we'll be more than happy to unsuspend it as soon as we get the substantiation in. All right, Doreen, you have unpacked this for me. I had not reckoned, and I said I was the problem child because for my chiropractic visits, I was, uh, you know, asked to substantiate, but I used the card on other things. So I hadn't picked up on the pattern that in the big box stores and for copays that there wasn't a substantiation required. And then for smaller places and vision and dental, that there 
is. And so now I'm feeling like a stronger consumer because now I know what to expect. Frankly, I think uh, I may or may not have uh, imagined that I must have been substantiating other stuff or I thought I was uh, being selected at random. But that makes a lot of sense. So what you're telling me is you may be asked to substantiate your purchase. If it's a big box store, they're going to essentially it won't be something for you to take care of. But if it's a smaller place, if it's vision or dental, just like SLV Health Chiropractic Services that don't register as a copay amount, then you should be prepared to get the documentation and upload it via the mobile app. You've got it. Oh, man. And I'm sure that I was told this at some point. But as you know, uh, folks, you know, we don't plan on using these things. Sometimes we get busy and, and we forget about the, some of these details. So that is very handy for me to know. And what I've also found to be uh, um, handy for getting myself off of the naughty list is just being sure to make sure when I'm asking for a receipt to get it itemized. That way, whatever service was conducted is on there as well as the amount as well as the date and not just the amount and the date because I submitted a if my, if my memory served me I submitted uh, a few d documents that they just didn't have the itemized part on there and I had to go back and get some new paper so now I will be asking for an itemized uh, receipt and everybody at the front desk is more than happy to oblige it but that's what I got to do right that is correct. So if it's not a copay, mm -hmm. when you do it at the time of service, again, if you get it just that second, and I do have a lot of people who do this, mm -hmm. they'll take a picture of it immediately and mm -hmm. upload it into the site knowing full well for especially a dental expense, mm -hmm. they're going to be asked for that additional information. The one thing to remember is we know you used your debit card and we knew we know what day you used it on. Mm -hmm. The pieces we don't know are were you using it for that day or are you paying past bills and mm -hmm. were you mm -hmm. getting services that are within the IRS um, guidelines that, that are eligible expenses. So for instance, if you go to the dentist and you get a toothbrush mm -hmm. or you get your teeth bleached or you buy toothpaste, unfortunately those items are not reimbursable. So that's why we have to ask for that additional expense. Um, statement of service, especially at the dental office. Well, you know what, Doreen, this sounds very reasonable because I don't think you're the bad guy at all. The IRS, on the other hand, they're not bad guys, but they do have rules. They do have some strict regulations. And by the people using this card and your company and the work we're doing together to get the health services, we're making sure that we're playing by the IRS's rules. We're not going to get into any kind of trouble about it and we're getting better access to the money that we earn. You got it. Yep. Super. So let's talk about, so I go to the chiropractor, I take a picture and then I go to the mobile app and I upload it. It's been pretty lickety split. It's been a pretty easy process. Now, what about what's on the horizon as far as cards and websites for Flex Davis? Sure. So at this 
point in time, those of you that are on the plan are used to going through the MyFlexOnline.com and the MyFlex mobile app to submit substantiation or even a request for reimbursement. Mm-hmm. Starting the first of the year, we will be moving to a new system through Summit, and we will get information to you as soon as possible with a new website and the new mobile app, but unfortunately for any expenses that are incurred January 1st going forward, you'll need to submit through Summit. Okay. So um, so moving forward, we will get information and we will be using the new system to uh, substantiate and to submit paperwork. Yep, and then in addition to that, Sometime in December, you will also be receiving a new debit card. So it's important to keep an eye out for that debit card. Okay. And norm- normally they come in kind of a plain envelope. So we always tell people in December, make sure you go through all your junk mail just in case because unfortunately people have accidentally thrown that card away thinking it was junk mail, but you want to keep an eye out for it. And they do come in very nondescript envelopes. So. Mm-hmm. Sometime in the latter part of December, those new cards will go out, and those will be for January 1st going forward. Super. So we'll look for them. I misspoke earlier. I said Flex Davis. What I meant was Davis Flex Spending Solutions is what we'll want to be looking for. Yes. So the, the, the envelope will not have any distinguishing logos okay. or anything on oh, them. Yeah, it's, it's discreet. They, they, okay. We'll look for Yes. That way we're not giving it up to any mail burglars out there that this is something that's important. Um, so that's a good idea. Um, you got it. Last thing, Doreen. So we can also uh, use this service for our child care, correct? Our child care expenses? Yes. So they are two separate pots that you put money in. So mm-hmm. it's important to know that the FSA flexible spending account, those funds are totally and completely separate mm-hmm. from what we call the dependent care assistance plan. Right. And the dependent care assistance plan is strictly for daycare expenses for your children or a designated relative that lives with you and is your tax dependent mm-hmm. for day- daycare expenses to enable you and or your spouse to work. So it's important to know that if your spouse is a non-working spouse and that spouse does not go to full-time school, they're a stay-at-home parent, Mm -hmm. that you unfortunately can't take advantage of this plan. But if both parents are working or you're a head of household and your child has to go to daycare or preschool, Mm -hmm. before and after school care, Mm -hmm. you can put money aside in the dependent care assistance plan now. Different from the flexible spending account, the dependent care assistance plan is not a free, uh, um, it is not a pre-funded account. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not immediately you, available. You got it. Now, the funds that you contribute out of each paycheck are actually loaded on the debit card. So if your daycare provider accepts debit cards, Mm-hmm. And you go onto your mobile app and you see, okay, I've contributed $400. My payment's $500. You can use your debit card to pay the $400 and then 
use the remaining $100 out of your own account. So there's ways to work it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little harder to do than the flexible spending account, but you uh-huh. certainly can use that debit card for those daycare expenses. And then another thing to take into consideration, especially as our parents are getting older, if your parent lives in your home uh-huh. and you are responsible for that parent, they are uh-huh. your dependent, uh-huh. and you have somebody come into your home to, to watch your parent or you bring your parent to an elder care facility uh-huh. to watch them for the day, that would also be reimbursable under the Dependent Care Assistance Plan. Now, oh. nursing home facilities are not, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But again, it's becoming more common that you might have an elder adult that lives in your home, a mom or a dad, that may have some dementia or something along those lines where they do need somebody to care for them or watch them during the day while you're at work. That would also be reimbursable under the Dependent Care Assistance Plan. This is uh, this, this is good to know. I've kind of just been in a rhythm my own self again with a, you know, they're they're seven and four now, but before they were both. There was a time where we were both in, um, uh, they, they were both in daycare. So we kind of just were always, you know, maxing it out. But that's uh, but that's that's very, um, that's that's very good to know. Thank you for sharing that, Doreen. And so sure. let's just imagine, okay. Um, that we had some more questions um, or we wanted to kind of just think our way through or we're having a snag, what should one do if they're a San Luis Valley Health employee thinking about the program or enrolled in the program to find out some more information? So the if you have specific questions, I encourage you to give us a ring and we can address those specifically. We always encourage questions. Mm -hmm. If you don't ask a question and you find out the hard way something happens, Mm -hmm. that kind of actually hurts our heart a little bit because we don't, the the idea is not for you to lose money. This, that's Mm -hmm. not what this is set up. This is set up to be a benefit to you. So please, please don't hesitate to call us and ask those questions so that you know for sure whether something's reimbursable or not. We want to make sure that you're using the plan the way it was intended. And then if you if you have just kind of a, hey, I wonder if this is reimbursable, of course you can give us a ring. The FSA store and the Amazon store, as well as the MyFlex Online and the new Summit system, will have a list of items that are more commonly used and reimbursable. Roger that. Now, um, I'll go ahead and put the contact information that you would like me to in the description of this here uh, podcast and whatever write-up I do for the company newsletter, I will include that. And I'll also say that I've called I don't know how many times now. It's probably been upwards of a half a dozen. And you all have always answered the phone, answered my question, and I've never felt like I was bothering you. So that's my stamp of approval on giving you a call because we're not bothering you. And that I believe, like I really, I truly believe is your attitude because you've always been so helpful, even with a problem child like myself, in helping me get my paperwork straightened out. Well, that's what we're here for. So we encourage questions anytime. And if you 
call anytime during the day and we're not available, we certainly call you as soon as possible after that. During open enrollment period, things get a little crazy sometimes, but mm-hmm. we certainly call back within 24 hours. So if you do have to leave a message, we call you right back. Outstanding. Doreen, is there any parting thoughts for folks out there that might be thinking about the flex spending account um, or have, uh, or, or anything like that? Anything you had to, anything you'd like to tell them? No, I, <laughs> um, in terms of using the plan, it works really well. Uh-huh. And we just find that people are pleasantly surprised by it. Mm-hmm. And even though we've had a really unusual year this year, mm-hmm. people still have not found um, reason not to use it. So there's always something out there that comes up. You just don't think about it. And mm-hmm. the funds are there for you to use. So really encourage if you have those known expenses to participate in the plan. Awesome. Well, it's been something that's helped my family out, um, especially when we didn't have a lot of extra money and discretionary income uh, because we had so much, you know, money tied up in daycare. Um, it's uh, It's been a lifesaver in a lot of ways. So thank you very much for the work that you do, Doreen, and for helping us uh, put these funds away so we can have them to take care of our own health and wellness. And uh, thanks so much for your time and uh, being so patient and explaining all these things. Well, you're more than welcome, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. That's it for this episode of the It's Wellness Time podcast. Thank you for listening along. Please take a second to review give it a five-star rating, share it with your friends, do all these things via the social medias. That will help me show that folks are out there listening. I look forward to bringing you more information, more inspiration to help you with your wellness. Have a super day.